0: I I can't focus unless the gun is on the hole. Nothing is normal or natural or everything is game. I'm going to start a collection of puddings and coupons that can be redeemed from frequent fire miles. (laughs) Uh, We have to get out of the building. They made soup out of my research. See, this is the scene of the movie where you can help me out.
1: (laughs) I created the event horizon to reach the stars. But she's gone much, much farther than that. She tore a hole in our universe, a gateway to another dimension. A dimension of pure chaos, pure evil. When she crossed over, she was just a ship. But when she came back, she was alive. Look at her, Miller. Isn't she beautiful? Hello, and welcome to <laughs> Wes versus Paul versus Paul versus Predator. Wow. The only podcast that I'm aware of about Paul Thomas Anderson, Wes Anderson, and Paul W. S. Anderson. My name's Eric
0: Anderson. My name is Jeremy Anderson. Eric, what an intro! Did you come up with that off the top of your head, or did you did you write that beforehand? Well, that
1: was uh, that's of course a quote from uh, Weir, the mm. character Weir, whose first name I already forgot. Got it. Uh, which I'm reading, uh, I'm I'm trusting that whoever writes wrote the Event Horizon quote section on Rotten Tomatoes uh, accurately transcribed this quote, but that's yeah. where it came from.
0: I mean, I wouldn't know. I didn't watch the film, but I assume that sounds like something oh, that might come out be. of this movie. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> Yeah, basically I figured, you know, I I, st- I actually started it and then <laughs> as soon as people started doing stuff and talking, I just immediately zoned out. So I'll I'll be like uh I'll be letting you just fill me in on this episode. So
1: I a little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> I did uh, well actually, you know what? First we should uh, I guess I did explain what this is, but we should say we have a Patreon. Oh yeah. Patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Uh, if you're listening to this to this uh, around the time it came out, it's probably October, and uh, you're missing out on the best month on our Patreon, where we do uh, weekly bonus episodes. We talk about we do fan requests. Right now, we're doing horror movies, Hubie Halloween, Idle Hands, and uh, you can sign up for that at Patreon.com/slash Eric and Jeremy. Uh, but uh, Jeremy, I was gonna say. You know, I was doing some research uh, before watching Event Horizon. I actually I went and and read about the movie and did my notes before actually watching it. And uh, I was expecting it to be a complete train wreck based on uh, the background, sort of the production story of. Oh, how that's this movie great! To be. I can't wait. <laughs> and the first, you know, probably hour of the film, I was like. I don't know. This is like, given how like how much of a mess the production was, this wasn't that bad, and my God, <laughs> this movie gets really uh I'm just gonna say it's pretty it's a pretty bad movie. Yeah. I, I, would you agree with this?
0: <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm yes. Like I uh I was joking, of course. I did actually, I did watch this film, um, and I paid quite a bit of attention to it, and I don't know why. I guess I was just kind of <laughs> drawn to how much of a train wreck it was, almost immediately out of the gate and then throughout the film. uh, But usually, you know, if a a film is pretty bad, full disclosure, I'll, like, play a video game at the same time. You know what I mean? Or I'll I'll be on my phone. I'll, like, uh, I'll kind of, like, tune out if it's, like, super bad. But for some reason, I was, like, I kept looking at this film, like, what is wrong with this? Like, why is this? (laughs) Like, this, like, it was, like, it wasn't computing why it was so bad to me. I I was, like, it's got a decent enough cast it's got a pretty good premise why do i hate this eric what did what where were you going with this so i guess you know
1: i i actually i wouldn't say i was like fully immersed in the movie for at at, at any point really but i like for the first two thirds of the film i kind of had the vibe of like you know I could see myself like turning this on i'm like homesick from work uh turn it on in like the the era of cable and it's this movie's playing on tnt at like 1 p.m and i would like kind of enjoy it Mm -hmm. and then i was thinking of like if i went to see this movie and paid the amount of money it costs to see a movie these days on like oh, opening yeah. night oh yeah i would have been pretty mad
0: dude yes. <laughs> i'm <been>, like furious <laughs> yes.
1: but i will say when we get into the background um i i do want to i do i would like to stress that it a lot of what went wrong i think was probably beyond paul ws anderson's uh control do you so, do, do you
0: really think that, that <laughs> is that really what you think
1: I I still think if he had his you know if he could if he had his way and as much time as he wanted I think it would have been a better movie for sure mm. but uh you know I mean this movie like I don't love sci-fi but I do like this kind of sci-fi where it's yep, like same. people trapped on a ship yeah me too sort of I don't know I it's complicated it, I, my feelings are complicated cuz we're so <laughs> early in <laughs> watching all the Paul W.S. Anderson movies and I'm like really hoping that the uh this isn't an indicator of what's to come
0: you know what I think it is an indicator of what's to come and I'm dreading it (laughs) to be honest like I uh (laughs) after after this film I was like huh um maybe we made a huge mistake maybe the premise of our podcast should be burned to the ground uh but you know what? No, like I will, I will keep a clear head and a good attitude going into the rest of his films. I just think that this was the one I was most excited about, and this one me has too. let me down so far the hardest. Uh, I do understand there is a 130-minute cut out there somewhere, wow. and um, uh, this is a bit of trivia. I know we're kind of early for trivia, but Paul W.S. Anderson, initial cut of the film ran 130 minutes. It was quite graphically violent, so much so that both test mm. audiences and studio balked at the finished product. Paramount ordered him to cut the film by thirty minutes and tone down some of the violence, a decision he okay. now regrets. Yeah, I, I don't know if making this film more violent would have, would have made me happier, but I do think it would have given it maybe almost like a, um, a cult following or something. Like if it if it made like imagine if this film was like three times as violent, it you would almost be like a spectacle. You'd be like watching this film for a completely different reason. <laughs> you know, right. Um, so maybe it would have been better if he, if he did that. Uh, I don't think the movie would have been a better movie, but I do think it might've been more of like a less, maybe less boring. Um, but yeah, did we get all the Patreon stuff out of the way? Patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. A lot of good stuff going on over there. We have uh, our Halloween month that is well underway. I'm Eric, Mm -hmm. one thing I love about this podcast is that we do, uh, record episodes really close to when we release them. So uh, I get to actually stay in the Halloween spirit for, you know, all month of October. A lot of my other oh, shows, yeah. we we pre-record episodes. We bank them. So I just finished most of my Halloween stuff in my other shows. And uh, it's only October uh, like 11th when I did that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it, it felt weird saying goodbye to Halloween on a show when I have most of Halloween left to experience. See, on
1: all my, I'm the opposite. On all my other podcasts, we record uh, our episodes months after the, after they come out. So I won't be doing Halloween episodes for those shows until December, maybe January. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jeremy, that was stupid. Uh, con- I, I want to I say uh, rest in peace to uh, Conchata Farrell.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, did you see about? Did you read about that?
0: I did. Yeah, just before the recording, this actually, and it's such a huge bummer. She was so awesome.
1: Yeah, I hope I'm pronouncing her first name correctly. I've never heard it said out loud, but uh, yeah, no, she's in Mr. Deeds. She's in uh, Krampus. We saw her in Krampus last year, and a uh, bunch of good stuff. But uh, yeah, R.I.P. top of the top of the brain. Just just kind of something that I read about. Mere hours ago, so just wanted to get that in there. And, yeah, it's a bummer.
0: Uh, we're big Hubie heads on this show. this sh- This podcast might as well be called the Hubie Halloween Podcast at this point. And and you know we're missing. Uh, she's one of the titans of Adam Sandler uni- Adam Sandler's universe, and I think that's a bummer. She's gone. Yeah, his, uh, his send off so was particularly nice. By the way, his little tweet about her, I thought that was nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, Sandman's a good guy. Uh, so. Uh, I guess we talk about Event Horizon now. Is that what we do? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <For> the next...
0: <laughs> what a bummer. Yeah, I guess it is. Uh,
1: now, I am excited to talk about this movie, because there's a lot of uh, strange things to, to discuss. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Directed and written by Paul W.S. Anderson. He's still going by Paul Anderson at this point, Jeremy. Sure, sure. Uh, I guess... 97 uh I guess Paul Thomas Anderson's like out there doing stuff at this point.
0: Oh yeah, and so is Wes Anderson. They're all up. They're all into their careers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: do you think that Paul Thomas Anderson cuz Paul W S Anderson was making films first or he was mm-hmm. at least like more people knew who he was. Do you think Paul Thomas Anderson left the Thomas in so he would be could be distinguished from Paul W.S. Anderson?
0: I wonder if that's actually the case, because, yeah, he would have had Shopping already released, and maybe also Mortal Kombat. Is, yeah. It was also probably released before uh, Heart 8, so maybe that's true. I actually don't know.
1: <laughs> also, what kind of a middle initial... Paul W.S. Anderson has two middle initials.
0: Yeah, that was too many. It should have been Paul W. Anderson. Right. Yeah. Like SW Fields. Like it should have been like <laughs> something easy like that.
1: <laughs> even his even his name has won too many characters.
0: Oh uh, god. Stars, That's pretty uh, good. That's pretty
1: good. Lawrence Fishburne. I like I did like Lawrence Fishburne in this.
0: He's incredible in this. <laughs> He's great. And you know what? <laughs> Honestly, so is Sam Neill. Yeah. Oh, you don't like Sam Neil? I, you know what? I thought I, this was not a like bold a... choice after Jurassic Park to do this movie.
1: <laughs> oh, he is in Jurassic Park. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to remember. I yeah, I guess I I think like towards the end though, when we get he turns into I guess a zombie or what <laughs> whatever is going whatever, on. Whatever. Uh, yeah. That acting is uh, I don't know. It didn't do it for me. But uh, Kathleen Quinlan and jo, uh, Jolie Richardson. Uh, the film had a troubled production history with <laughs> filming and editing rushed by Paramount when it became clear that Titanic would not meet its projected release date. So they wanted to have a hit film before Titanic was released. Uh, so this kind of rushed the production. The original 130-minute cut of the film was heavily edited by the demand of the studio to... Uh, much to the consternation of uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Upon the release, the film was a commercial and critical failure, grossing $26.7 in the U.S. and $60 million production budget. So, yeah, that's uh, a lot of money to lose.
0: Yeah. Wow. That that budget and that box office, that is some sad. <laughs> Those <laughs> are some sad numbers. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, After Mortal Kombat uh, had become a commercial success in the U.S., English director Paul Anderson was inundated with screenplay offers, as well as the opportunity to direct the Mortal Kombat sequel, Annihilation, uh, and the upcoming X-Men. Anderson turned the offers down in favor of making an R-rated horror film, hoping to shift away from making another PG-13 film. Uh, Paramount Pictures then sent Philip Eisner's original script for Event Horizon. Jeremy, do you think that the premise of this movie is good? Like, do you like the pre? Like on paper, yeah, is this an all right movie to yeah. you? Yeah,
0: oh yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's really fun. I don't think it's a. I, I don't think it's like a. How do I want to put this? It's not a realistic premise that I think no. a person should make like a real movie about. <laughs> right, it, right. It, it is it is should be more of a stylized type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think it like um there's a movie called like Ghost Ship, right? Is there a movie called Ghost Ship? <laughs> I'm just thinking of the doors. <laughs> yeah i think there's a movie called ghost ship and it might be similar like a ship that goes into hell that like sails into hell or something and it's like yeah i i like this as a premise for like oh here's a great example one that we've covered on this show you remember the tales from the crypt movie that we watched yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you remember how like the premise is like the uh, the cryptkeeper is telling all these stories but they're really been all dead the same you know the whole time right uh yeah. there's a there's a movie like that in here where it's like a, a spaceship that goes to hell and you find out that like they're actually they died on the spacecraft or something you know what i mean like it's a, one of mm. those type of sci-fi horror movies um You know, I I think, yeah, I I like this on paper. It also seems like, you know, it could be, like, great for, like, special effects and and cool visual effects and practical effects. Like, I I, I would like to... I would love to see, like, zombies on a spaceship or, like, monsters on a spaceship. Uh, Have you ever seen the movie Sunshine? No.
1: Okay, Sunshine is
0: a Danny Boyle film, and it's really, really good, and it's about a a journey, like, a mission... A sp- uh, that a spaceship is going on to uh, it car- it's carrying a bomb towards the sun it's trying to reignite the sun because earth's sun is uh dying out
1: mm. and
0: uh so it's a suicide mission all along and the whole crew is going to space and basically it's like this movie's premise except really good by a really talented director so if you really want this premise realized and you want to see it like like done in a really cool way watch sunshine Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's a it's a big recommend for me. But this movie, yeah, not so good. Before we get too far into it, I I, I have a theory about this whole Paul W.S. Anderson might have directed the X-Men movie. Um, okay. Do you think if Paul W.S. Anderson had directed that X-Men movie, that first one, and not turned it down, do you think <laughs> that... Uh-huh. Th- that, if he had done that, it would have spared us superhero movies today
1: because it would be so bad,
0: yes <laughs> 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 because it could like have saved us yes, because uh, because he would have made a terrible x-Men movie, and everyone would have been like, "Ugh, yeah, superhero movies don't work instead, what happened is x men gets made. And it starts the entire superhero movie franchise revolution.
1: <laughs> uh, you got, you might be onto something there. Maybe That's, I don't know. I, Maybe. I'd be curious to live in that world for a while, and see what's, see what entertainment is like.
0: Yeah. All right. Anyways, um, I'm, I'm I'm done with that theory. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, I'm trying to be as positive as I can here, Jeremy. And it's this this film is it's it it it, it may it's making that a little bit difficult. Uh. Let's see. According to Eisner, he first pitched uh, its concept to Gordon as a haunted house story in space, which the producer thought had the potential to become a motion picture. Anderson thought the original script was too close to Alien, so he did a major rewrite. Uh, After the initial DVD release became a surprise hit, the studio and Anderson became interested in assembling a director's cut, which you talked about, Uh, but they quickly discovered that the excised footage had not been carefully stored, and much of it had oh gone my missing. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it also says, Anderson's initial cut of the film ran 130 minutes. We talked about that. and uh, was quite violent. So much so that both test audiences and the studio balked at the finished product. Uh, Paramount ordered him to cut the film by 30 minutes and tone down some of the violence, a decision he now regrets. Uh, I mean... I don't know that I regret it.
0: No, I. who Can you knows? imagine
1: this movie having been a hundred and thirty minutes? How long was it? Now it was like it's like a tight ninety minutes or something. Like yeah,
0: yeah. It's what it's ninety six minutes. I think that like what was obviously cut was a lot of the stuff. I think that we see in like the weird demonic flashes. That seems like the stuff that was probably cut. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I would have liked more of that stuff. Like, I'll I'll give this to the film. It's pretty gross. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) I think, like, I I like that he was trying to do a horror... I love the idea of, like, a haunted house movie in space. Like, that's really cool to me. Yeah, that's really cool. And done well, I, I would love that. But... It seems like his, and I, I'm curious for the Resident Evil films because we get into horror territory there a little bit, I think. But it seems like his idea of horror is like more action-driven than like, you know, uh, cre- like like slow-building suspense, you know, like uh, yeah. like a It Follows or something like it's. I don't know, uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, no, you're maybe right. more of a more like visual, like when I when I watch when you watch like uh, Paranormal Activity mm-hmm. or so, is, for whatever reason came to mind, right? Like that's very like a very sensory movie. Like even you get to a point when you're watching one of those movies where like any sudden like sound, you'll like will like startle you. Whereas totally. this movie, I never at any moment at all felt scared. <laughs> even in like even like the grips of suspense had never i had never experienced that the entire time i, know, I just dude, felt like I, I was watching a movie I was like normally I'm pretty good at getting sucked into things even even bad movies, but I just was fully aware I was watching a bad movie uh the whole time
0: well, he's not um he's not good at this kind of movie. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to go and say like Paul W. Sanderson is like talentless. Like, I think he's like, f- I think he's fun. Yeah. I think he's I like, like make-
1: shopping and mortal combat. Yeah. So I think,
0: yeah, I think he makes fun movies and I, and I will see what happens with the rest of them. Like alien versus predator might be another high point. We'll see. Uh, but this, like this needs to be like what you just described. It needs to have like suspense and atmosphere and, um, you know, even if he wanted to have the atmosphere be like, okay, what if the ship looked like it was engineered inside of hell, you know, cause like a lot of the edges are really jagged. Mm. It seems to be made of stone. A lot of the ship mm. and maybe if that's the, if that's what he wanted, he could have had that, but just like the way he shoots his films, is not... There's no suspense, and there's no, like... He also doesn't have any jump scares in it, too. Like, there's a part where Sam Neill is inside of the bowels of the ship. You know, he's, like, trying to fix a circuit. And there's a perfect opportunity for him to be, like, in a very confined space where he's gonna see his dead ex-wife, like, pop up. And instead of doing a jump scare, he just, like... She just, like, appears and says a creepy thing and disappears. And in a way that it like there is there was no jump there was no like moment of of uh whoa what I- what is that it it just like she just like shows up it it is it, it, hard to even describe but it just definitely it just de- noth- nothing in this grabs you other than the gore the gore is pretty tough there are some really tough mm-hmm. ideas in here that i think are pretty gruesome for sure but it, they're not scary they're gross and they're kind of like mm-hmm. icky to think about But yeah, you're absolutely right. Not, not scary. I think he's better at making action films. Mm -hmm. So maybe, I don't know, maybe put Liu Kang in there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. The, uh, I, I mean, like I have a couple of pieces of trivia that I guess I'll say, but I'm like, I mean, it's not that interesting. The, The event horizon was named after the theoretical boundary surrounding a black hole with within which gravitational attraction is so great that nothing, not even radiation, can escape because the escape velocity is greater than the speed of light. Uh, Technically, it is where this physical universe ends and physical laws no longer apply. See, I like I, I like the idea of like incorporating something like that into a horror sci fi thing. Like there's. I don't know. On paper, I guess we already talked about this, but again, on paper, not a terrible idea for a movie. Also, the only other really interesting piece of trivia I found was uh, the rotational shot of the space station over Earth uh, took more than one-third of the film's entire visual effects budget.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. So
1: a single shot in a movie like this (laughs) took... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that much of the uh, effects budget seems uh like too much.
0: Yeah. Like, did you notice how much of a fan Paul WS Anderson is of like those crazy shots from like way outside of the spaceship and then like yes. he like he like pushes in all the way into it? Mm-hmm. It's like he does it in Mortal Kombat also a lot.
1: Guy watched guy watched Barry Lyndon once and he's like uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, good call. <laughs> Let's
1: do it. Yeah. I don't know. Um I also didn't I wonder if uh cinematography. I wonder if he's been working with the same he can't have been working with the same cinematographer. Let's see here.
0: I wonder no. if he worked on the same. This is
1: the, this is the cinematographer. Uh, this guy name is Adrian Biddle. He mm-hmm. he did the one one hundred and one Dalmatians movie, uh, right. Judge Dread, uh, Aliens,
0: Thelma mm-hmm. and Louise.
1: There we go. V for Vendetta. He
0: shot Aliens. The Mummy. No, he didn't shoot. He did shoot Aliens. Oh, my God. And Princess (laughs) Bride. Oh, my God. Wow, dude. That's, wow. Yeah, he shot some good stuff. (laughs) I mean, I, I guess I will say, like, the
1: nothing in this movie, like, looks bad to me, like, cinematically. I will say, like, some of the effects, like, what I mean by them spending too much money on that one shot is... Like, once we get into, like, crazy town territory towards the end there, we're, like, with this effects makeup and, like, all the just insane effects that are happening. Right. Like, some of those just seemed... It seemed like they were, like, oh, we're running out of our effects budget and we have to, like, not spend as much on this, some of these, or something. Like, it just... I don't know.
0: Maybe, Anyway. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe.
1: the year 2047, uh, a distress signal is received from uh, the Event Horizon, a starship that disappeared during its maiden voyage to Proxima Centauri, seven years previously that has mysteriously reappeared in a decaying orbit around Neptune. Uh, The rescue vessel Lewis and Clark is dispatched. Uh, Its crew, Captain Miller, Second in Command Lieutenant Stark, Pilot Smith, Medical Technician Peters, Engineer Ensign Justin, Dr. DJ, and uh, Rescue Technician Cooper is joined by Dr. William Weir to design the Event Horizon. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I I, okay, so I guess this is interesting because they're taking this uh, Sam Neill's character, Dr. William Weir, and... They're kind of doing a thing where they're like, hey he's a he's a good guy he's the doctor he built the ship so he's kind of the same character that he is in Jurassic Park uh-huh. you know he's like he's the expert that's why he's on the crew you know and I guess you know one clever thing they're gonna do is like subvert our expectation of what we think he his character is and make him the yeah. bad guy eventually but I but so they're setting him up now to be like, he's a good guy and he's sort of the character you remember from Jurassic Park. I mean, it's hard because that movie is such a big movie. Jurassic Park is that like, mm-hmm. y- that's in your mind the whole time you're watching this It's like, Oh, this is another movie with that guy from Jurassic Park.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh. I will say like, we're in the year 2049. Uh, I don't know. I didn't love the, like, I wasn't like that impressed with the, uh, Set design of the spaceship, like I don't know, it, it looked kind of like, like uh, Mortal Kombat.
0: <laughs> it looked like Mortal yeah, Kombat set bit. design a little bit to me. um Just like kind of like gross and demonic and like goth, like like kind of like a '90s gothic sorta, mm. a little bit. I don't, I don't know. It's like pre-Matrix set design to me.
1: Um, he briefs the crew on the ship's experimental gravity drive, which generates an artificial black hole and uses it to bridge two points in space time, reducing uh, travel time over astronomical distances. I think this is when he's like, uh, he like, uh, takes a calendar or like a poster of like a woman in a bikini and, like, pokes a hole in it and then folds it. Is it. I think that's this part where he's explaining, like, right. folding time or whatever.
0: Right. That's the same, by the way, it, I don't know if this is interesting trivia, but it's the same mm. explanation that they give in the movie Interstellar for the oh. exact same process. <laughs> he even uses the paper and pokes a hole in it and everything. Like, um, that is a real idea, I guess, In in sci-fi is that, like, you know, a black hole could potentially do this and light speed would have to be this way. Um, so, right. you know, all right. Yeah, exactly. That's my, that's also my <laughs> feeling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the, dist- uh, the distress signal seems to consist of a series of screams and howls, but DJ believes he can discern the Latin phrase, liber- liberate me, save me <laughs> being spoken. <laughs> I have a theory and I did not care enough to go back and try and, figure out if this is correct but you know how towards the end we the guy who says who uh uh translated the the liberate me right voice Mm -hmm. we like hear that recording and that weird voice and he's like it says liberate me which means save me Mm -hmm. but the that voice What that voice says is, like, longer in the second, (laughs) towards the end of the movie when they play it again. To make it sound more like the thing that he says. No, actually, it sounds like save. It's, like, longer. It's, Mm -hmm. like, a longer phrase. Yeah.
0: yeah. Where,
1: when, because when I was, like, listening to him explain that, I was, like, that doesn't make sense. Because I, like, remember... It doesn't fit with what he originally said it was. I don't know. No, yeah, it totally. Was, it just, like, bothered me. I was like, I think they, I don't know. Someone go back and j- justify my uh, thoughts on this. I feel yeah, like yeah. I'm right. Yeah, yeah. Spend
0: a lot of time watching this movie and figure this out for <laughs> Eric because Lord knows after watching it and podcasting about it, we, we probably aren't going to go back for a while, so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, at least a couple weeks from Yeah, for not. sure. <laughs> Upon boarding the Event Horizon, the crew finds evidence of a massacre, uh, massacre as this, they search for survivors. The ship's gravity drive activates, briefly pulling Justin into the resulting portal, causing a shockwave that damages the Lewis and Clark, forcing the entire crew to board the Event Horizon.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, Justin goes into the portal which yeah which by the way disappears uh-huh for the rest of the movie there's no more portal <laughs> yeah. like i thought the portal was gonna be a big deal like people were gonna come out of it or go into it or we were gonna have to go into it to get out of it somehow but that's it that was the, all the portal stuff. Was right there. I, I think so. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe if you can remember more portal stuff that I I missed, let me know.
1: Well, towards the end, I think, I feel like, I feel like there's some some portal play happening at the end. Okay, we'll, let's we'll
0: when get we get there, point it out to me. Like when you remember a portal happening,
1: <laughs> Justin emerges in a cat- catatonic state terrified by what he saw on the other side he attempts suicide by decompression but is saved by miller forcing the crew to place him in
0: stasis dude that is so like sad like when he's like he like does it he, it's his fault but he's kind of i guess possessed or something because he's, he's like in a in a lockdown area and he pushes the button to like basically like shoot me into space <laughs> And then he wakes up and is like, please don't let me die like this. (laughs) And, like, yeah, his, like, blood, like, shoots out of his eyes. Like, it's a nightmare. Like, I would not want to be shot into space in this movie. No. No. Uh,
1: The team begins. What movie would you want to be shot into space?
0: Honestly, I'm glad you asked. Uh Sunshine. (laughs) In the the movie Sunshine, there's a very similar sequence to this where Chris Evans' character basically the bridge collapses between one spaceship and another one that he was boarded on. And oh, he boy. figures out that the way he's going to get from one ship to the other is he wraps himself in like insulation. Like you would find in like the ceiling of a house. Like he has mm-hmm. it on the spaceship. So he wraps himself in it and then he blows himself from one ship to the other. And it's thrilling. <laughs> Wow. And he, yeah, he, I mean, he gets like frostbite and stuff because he's like out in space for like a second, but he survives. And it's like, you know, that movie was also touted as like very scientific. Like they actually checked out all the math and apparently this would work if you actually did this. Um, and it's really cool to watch. So in that movie, I wouldn't mind it. This movie. No, thank you. (laughs)
1: Um, you know, I, I, I don't think I'd want to be shot into space in any movie. Any but, movie? Yeah, probably. I could be persuaded. You, yeah, you uh, could be on
0: the other side being like, come on, Chris, we got you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the team begins to experience apparitions of individuals from their past that they can only see. Hallucinations corresponding to their fears and regrets. Miller sees Coric, a subordinate he was forced to abandon to his death. Peter sees her son uh, with his leg covered in bloody lesions, and Weir sees an eyeless vision of his late wife, who committed suicide, urging him to join her.
0: Yeah, uh, so, I mean, it's it's probably too much to complain about everything in this movie, but, like, <laughs> why is his wife eyeless? Like, she committed suicide by slitting her wrist, so why did... Why was she eyeless? And also, like, did Peter's son die? He's, like, on Earth, I think. <laughs> like, why did she think that? Like, why didn't she just go, oh, this is crazy. This is, a, 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 a like, an illusion. Um, yeah, I think all of the apparitions, like, which, by the way, could have been a cool aspect of this movie, kind of like The Shining, you know, when he sees the... Yeah the ghost woman in the shower or something like it could have been cool except they all suck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: dude. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, man, it just doesn't feel like, uh, it just doesn't, it's just not, it it doesn't feel like a good choice for like a fun, like horror movie in space. I guess it's, it's like too heavy almost. Yeah. Yeah. But because it's not done that well, it, it's just kind of, uh, I don't know, it's unsatisfying. The crew soon discovers a video log of the Event Horizon's crew uh, fornicating and <laughs> mutilating each other shortly <laughs> after first engaging and gravity the gravity drive. I got to admit, I only saw the mutilating. I did not see any... Oh,
0: you didn't? Force. I saw what I, I thought so. was fornicating, and I... Uh, I will say I did think that this looked like not much fun. Like it looked like (laughs) I like it it convinced me that this was a bad place that I didn't want to (laughs) go to.
1: The video. I have been having nightmares ever since watching this uh, film. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) uh, The video log ends with a short uh, shot of the event. Horizons captain speaking the complete Latin phrase from the earlier distress call, which DJ narrates. Uh, translates Liberate. Oh, so they play a longer version of it. Okay. Mm. All right. I thought that was unintentional. Or I thought that was, they were trying to, uh, okay, that makes sense. Never mind. Forget the entire, uh, probably around the like 25 minute mark, I said something that you can just forget. Honestly, Eric, I that. didn't
0: correct you because I didn't know that you were that they did this happened in the movie <laughs> neither
1: did neither did i apparently uh they did, did seem that the ship's gravity drive opened a gateway to a hellish dimension outside the known universe and that the event horizon was somehow attained sentience miller decides to destroy the event horizon and orders an evacuation so is this hell or not like i thought it was just yeah. like i i was kind of like just p- tell me if this is hell because they were saying it's, like, hellish, but it's, like, not. It's, like, an evil alternate universe, but, like, all of everything makes it seem like it's hell. Like, I almost think it would just be better if they just said, we found a gateway to hell.
0: Right. Well, they do say that at the end, oh. at the end of the movie. So, but so the whole oh, movie, okay. you don't know what it is, or you think it's, like, just bad, but you're not sure what. And at the very end, it's it's actually, like, delivered in almost like a, a eye roll way from Miller. He's uh-huh. like, yeah, hell. And then Weir says, hell is just a word. Like, it's no, like, it's truly terrible what's inside here. And, like, the idea here is that, like, we call this place hell on Earth, but it's not really called hell. It's just, like, a nightmare, terrible place that people go mm. to when they die, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah, so things are going to start falling apart fast though, FYI, uh plot wise okay. because yeah, because yeah. you're right. Like what where what is this place? Is it hell? Cuz if it is hell, then we actually have plot problems because <laughs> we'll get <Right>. there. But <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Also, okay, you caught me. I did uh this movie did fail to hold my attention the entire time. <laughs> I did, but technically it was on while I was conscious and looking at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, Peters is lured to her death by a hallucination of her son. Uh, Weir, who has gouged his own eyes out and is now possessed by the evil presence, uses an explosive device to destroy the Lewis and Clark. The explosion kills Smith and blasts Cooper off into space. Weir kills DJ by vivid secting him and corners stark on the bridge.
0: Yeah, uh, the Miller. vivisecting was um pretty brutal. I yeah. it was kind of, I don't remember Midsummer. It's huh? kind of the same yeah. deal. Kind of a similar death thing happening in here, which I found yeah, you know, I hated obviously. It's very it look very painful.
1: Uh, let's see. We talked about... Okay, the explosion kills Smith and blasts Cooper off into space. Weir kills DJ. Okay, we talked about all this. Miller confronts Weir, who overpowers him, and initiates a 10-minute countdown until the event horizon will return to the other dimension. Uh, Cooper... By the way, they're, um... I feel like they're not, like, uh... The the whole like time thing, the whole like countdown element, I feel like isn't affecting them enough. Right. Like Fishburne is the only person who really cares.
0: Yeah, and that's why that I think they're... we remember him the fondest. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, Cooper, having used his spacesuit's oxygen supply to propel him back to the ship, appears at the bridge window. Weir shoots at him and is blown into space by the ensuing decomp- decompression. Miller, Stark, and Cooper survive and manage to seal off the ship's bridge. With their own ship destroyed, Miller plans to split the event horizon in two and plans to split the event horizon in two, and use the forward section of the ship as a lifeboat. He is attacked by manifestations of Korik and a resurrected Weir. Miller uh, fights them off and detonates the explosions, uh, explosives, uh, sacrificing himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So a couple things. (laughs) Uh Uh, One, um, the 10-minute countdown. Yes. So, like, (laughs) why do they need a countdown to go to the event horizon? Like, it seems like the ship is just doing whatever it wants on its own. Like, why does it – why did he need to push a button – to physically do a countdown because they're they're leading us to believe that the that the ship is like a living being that can do stuff on its own. Yes. And then like Miller brings up a really good point. He tells Weir he's like that when Weir's like this ship is a uh, great. He's like, but the ship killed all of its crew, which is a great point. It's like saying, like, hey, ship, what do you want? (laughs) Do you want a crew or or not? It seems like you don't because you killed everybody. And then Weir's like, we're the new crew. And it doesn't make any sense. Like, (laughs) so maybe Weir is being possessed by the ship. Okay. So that's how he now has all this new knowledge. Uh Uh-huh. But... Then he tears his eyes out. Then he gets blown into space. Then he comes back. But (laughs) he's not really him, right? Like, it's definitely a manifestation from the ship.
1: I... Yeah. I Yeah, I think so, yeah.
0: Because his eyes are back. I mean, that's one of the things I was assuming, I guess. I just don't know why, like, any of this, like... Even in the logic of Event Horizon, why did any of this need to happen? Like, why did any of the sequences need to happen? How was like? Why did his bombs work on the ship? No, I don't know. Like, why did anything happen? Like, because it just it just seemed like very wheels off. And then it was like, well, okay, so we is this big bad guy, but I didn't really get a sense that, like, I don't know, like, why what what do they ultimately want oh and the last thing is if it is hell which they say it's hell they, they you know B- miller basically is like this is hell and then weirs like yes but it's hell is just a concept like this is like what it really is that means that when people die they they like <laughs> potentially go to hell right Right. So that's how hell works, as far as I understand it. So then Miller's whole thing is that he's trying to save his friends from going to hell. Because, like, Weir shows him a vision of, like, what his friends are in for. And it's, like, all this torture. And you see Justin being tortured and strung apart. And I guess they're already dead. Right? They're already, like, in hell. Yeah.
1: Like, how is he yeah gonna get them out yeah he can't because they're dead,
0: yeah so are those people like just stuck in hell but the the movie makes it seem like he's sacrificing himself to save these people, <laughs> but they're already dead and now he's dead does that mean he's in hell uh
1: you bring up a lot of good points, and i I do not have any answers for you, my friend. I, no worries. I, I just no idea.
0: I just started thinking about that because I was like, what if if hell is a place, that means that like people can go there when they die. so I did all these people have to go there? if so. Why did they kill him this way? Why didn't they just like kill him another uh, weird, like just a, a normal way, and then they would have gone to hell anyway? It's <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. It's just like it. It since hell was like a place you could physically go to, it didn't make a lot of sense when like if a thing could kill you, then you would just go to hell. Like if your body goes to hell, uh huh. That's is that the. Is that where your soul is, too? I don't know. Okay, anyways. Uh, We can move on. Uh,
1: Let's see here. The gravity drive activates, pulling the ship's stern section into a black hole. Stark and Cooper enter stasis before a comatose Justin and wait to be rescued. 72 days later, the wreckage of the event horizon is boarded by a rescue party who discover the remaining crew in stasis. Uh, Stark sees Weir posing as one of the rescuers and screams in uh, terror. Uh, This is revealed to be a nightmare with Stark (laughs) waking up moments later. Cooper and the rescue team comfort the newly awakened and terrified Stark as the bulkheads close. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The end. The end. And that's Event Horizon, baby.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess uh, I think we both know how we <laughs> each feel about this. movie. <laughs> uh, you know, I you, you know, Jeremy, I just I I I was really excited to to watch these Paul Anderson movies cuz I mm. I I thought it'd be so fun to like I just love the idea of wa- of watching Paul W.S. Anderson movies along with Wes Anderson and PTA. Totally. I, almost like some in some ways maybe like a palate cleanser or maybe PTA and Wes are the palate cleanser now, but uh it's just such a contrast and I think I said this in like the first uh uh one of the first episodes when we started doing the series is I think PTA and and Wes Anderson are obviously more sort of like, uh, like art house, like like maybe not art house, but like you know they're they're like visionary kind of uh, directors, you know they're very, uh, um, they have their own sort of distinct styles and and they started off in sort of like an indie uh indie background and. uh, Paul W.S. Anderson to me is kind of like one of many sort of like studio directors that just like does one thing and just kind of like just keeps because he's like done directed some movies before he's just like in that system of like he's just got something going on every couple of years you know what I mean like he's just keeps making movies and I like I think it's that's like an interesting uh, there. There's like a difference there that's kind of like interesting to see. Uh, I agree. And I, I just think that like comparing this movie to like Boogie Nights, which we just <laughs> watched and talked about, <laughs> is so insane yeah, and dude. stupid. Yeah. Uh, dude. And I I guess I'm just like kind of. I I'm still hopeful that some of these movies are gonna be fun, like the uh, uh, Resident Evil movies, and maybe that three uh, Musketeers movies movie will be okay. But uh, hell yeah,
0: baby, hell yeah!
1: I guess what I'm trying to say is like I I, I don't have necessarily like super high expectations for Paul W S Anderson movies, not because I don't uh, think that he's like talented. Cause I do think I I actually like shopping a lot, and obviously Mortal Kombat's pretty great, uh, but this was pretty bad, and uh, you know, um, I'm gonna have to give this uh, on our Chucky Freckles ranking system if we're going <laughs> out of four, four being the best, mm-hmm. one being the worst. Uh, I think, unfortunately, I hate to do this, but I, I think I'm gonna have to give my first one. <laughs> Chucky <Freckle.
0: laughs> are you really gonna I give really, it a one? That's not. I, I really yeah.
1: think this is this deserves nothing more than than a one from me. Is, okay, is how I feel. So, Jeremy, what do you think?
0: So, I agree with everything you just said. I think that is the point of this show: uh, is that we are yeah. we are watching these like presumably most people would agree high art films with incredibly, you could argue not even art. Like this is like complete capitalist (laughs) cynical (laughs) filmmaking. Uh, But it's fun. It has like this, this other merit that people watch movies for. And I think that that's like, that's all well and good. And I think that that's, that's great. Unless the movie isn't fun and this movie isn't fun. So, I, uh, so, so you're giving it a one, which I think is a good, which I think is a good, well-deserving score. I f-ed myself and I gave shopping a 1.5 and <laughs> seeing how much I liked shopping, like how much more I like shopping to this movie, I kind of put myself in a weird position where like, I feel like I can't give it a one cause that's only 0. 0.5 worse than shopping, which I think it's, I like it way more than that. Uh, I, I like shopping way more than this movie, so I'm gonna give Event Horizon <laughs> a point two five, <laughs> Chucky. Okay, <Greggle>. <laughs> <laughs> 0.25. Uh You
1: know, that's fair. That's very fair.
0: I just I couldn't give this a a one because it's it's that much. It's it's exactly point two five away from a one point five from shopping. So, well,
1: I think if we are going to I gave it a 1 cuz that's the lowest possible. Oh, I think if we oh, are going to okay, go Oh, okay. Okay, if, we, if one is lowest. Zero. Yeah. Um Let's do
0: let's say 1 then. If 1 is the lowest, then I will give it a 1 also.
1: Okay. Okay. Do you want to I will give you the chance to alter your uh shopping score if you'd like.
0: If if 1 is the absolute lowest, then I will give <laughs> shopping a I'll give shopping a straight up 2. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Great. Shopping deserves Oh, well, hey, too. that's
1: a little bit of a you know, Yeah. A of a, you yeah. Know,
0: yeah, no, I think that's good. I think that's right. I think that's right. God, I'm looking at my list by the way. I gave Hard Eight <laughs> a 2.75 and Mortal Kombat a 3.25.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I yeah, I gave Yeah. Same thing. Oh, no. I'm looking at yours. I gave Mortal Kombat a 3.5. That is that's so funny. And Rushmore a 3. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. Uh, Mortal Kombat's just killing some of these other.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jeremy, anything you want to plug before we finally end this episode?
0: No, th- Thank you. You can find me on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime. And uh, yeah, check us out on Patreon. We got a lot of great episodes coming your way, including our coverage of Idle Hands, uh, one, of, one of Jeremy's uh, classic favorite films from high school. So stay tuned for that.
1: We also got some great guests coming up on the, uh, the Tendon Bombs episode, which we're doing next. You'll hear next week. Uh, And yeah, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy Weekly bonus episodes, $5 a month And Norma I'll see you in my dreams